I direct your attention today to the gospel. The gospel according to St. John. Perhaps my favorite of the gospels. And I do indeed love the gospels. I am appreciative of the writer here and his close connection to Christ. I am so moved with the ministry of John and the fact that the scripture describes him as the disciple whom Jesus loved. So, of course, we know he loved all of his disciples. He loves all of us, but he had a close connection with John. And there's something to be said about the author being Christ's best friend. And so I'm going to read from the 8th chapter. I'm going to start reading in verse 31 and read a few scriptures there. St. John chapter 8, verses 31 through verse 36. And while you're finding that and it's appearing on the screen, I want to just say to everybody, it's so important that you're here. I appreciate so much your faithfulness to the house of God. This is not an hour to backslide. I want to make sure that you're clear on that. This is not an hour to miss more church than you ever have before. This is an hour to come to the house of the Lord as often as you possibly can, to continue that connection, to stay connected not only to the church, but stay connected to Christ. And so that's why, as we heard in the Bible class today, that daily devotion in the Word of God, that that individual connection to Christ through prayer, prayer, Bible reading, the study of God's Word, the assembling together as the manner of some is, that's so important and so significant. So I want to say to you, thank you to everybody. There's a great looking group that's gathered today. I'm so thankful that all of you are here. We're glad to have our... It's good to have Trenton and Anna home. We're happy that they are here today and we appreciate them. They're going to be at camp with us this week. We're going to have a great week and uh, we're, we're glad that everybody's here. We just want you to know that it's important for you to be in the house of the Lord as often as you can. St. John chapter 8 and verse 31, then said Jesus. So we know that Christ is going to be speaking, so it's very, very vital that we hear his words. He speaks to the, those Jews which believed on him and says, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Then he says something very, very powerful and noteworthy. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Somebody say free. free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed and... We're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, he shall be made free? He answers them and says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin, and everybody in the house can say, That's me, because all have sinned. Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son, it says, abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free... Ye shall be free indeed. So I'm going to talk to you today about freedom's path. Freedom's path. Are you thankful for your freedom today? Why don't you lift your hands and your voices to the Lord and let's thank God for freedom. God, I thank you because your word empowers me to be free. I'm glad that I know you. I'm glad that I have a relationship with you, Christ, that provides me the freedom that only you can provide. And I give you praise. Clap your hands to the Lord and thank Him for the freedom that you possess. Thank you, Lord, for freedom that I have in you. There's no freedom like your freedom. You may be seated. As you know, this week we celebrated the 4th of July. And how many of you really just really enjoy the 4th of July? How many pyros do we have out there that you just love the fireworks? Anybody like the fireworks? I mean, I remember back in the day, that was the highlight of 4th of July. I could 
legally go and purchase products that would explode. And I was excited about putting the fire to the wick and watching the result thereof. And I so enjoyed as a child celebrating the 4th of July. To me, it was simply a holiday that I could watch fireworks like bottle rockets, like firecrackers and enjoy a wonderful time. I didn't have the full understanding of the significance of what it really was. And I'm thankful today that the 4th of July is more than simply fireworks. It's a celebration of freedom. And today I can tell you I am proud to be an American. I thank God for the stars and stripes forever. I think I choose to celebrate my freedom today and I'm proud to be an American. And I want to say thank you to all the men and the women that have sacrificed their lives that I might have that freedom that I possess today. To walk into a sanctuary such as this sanctuary, lift my hands and lift my voice and celebrate the freedom of religion, to celebrate the freedom of choice and to be able to worship and praise my God is a tremendous freedom that I recognize was very, very costly. I want you to know freedom is never free. Freedom is very, very, very costly. I went uh, not long ago, took a trip to Boston, and they have at Boston what they call the Freedom Trail. And so this is a two-and-a-half-mile course that you can walk and follow the red paint, Sister Sheila. And Sister Sheila is a history lover. My wife was asking today in your absence while you were teaching the students, she asked how many people loved history. She kept her hand down, and I kept mine down as well. I'm not a big, huge history fan, but I, I do like to to go and to see these types of things. And Sister Sheila, I'm sure, would love the privilege that I had to walk that Freedom Trail and to take that two-and-a-half-mile trek and to see the history of what helped us, the United States of America, to be free. And I, I've gone through that trail and reco- recognized the, the significance and the importance of each place that I went and what it had to do with my freedom. And as I thought about that trail, that trail that tells the tale of all that took place, that I might have freedom such as I have, and we've celebrated this week, I also thought that there is a path that must be taken in order for us to have the same type of freedom spiritually. I'm thankful for the path that was taken. As a matter of fact, I'm thankful that he trudged up Golgotha's hill, bore that cross and was nailed to that cross, arms spread wide, a crown of thorns placed upon his head. I don't have time to go over the entire trail that was taken, but I can tell you that it was a very costly path of freedom. What our Savior did for us was so significant and was so important. Sister Butler, we wouldn't have the freedom that we have today in Him were it not for what He did for us. I'm thankful today not only for the men and women that fought for our freedom in the United States of America, but I'm thankful for a Savior that did everything that He did. I'm thankful for a Christ that did everything that He did that I might not only have the freedom to worship here, but to feel what I feel and to know what I know and to understand that I am not headed for hell, that heaven can be my home because of a price that He paid that I might be free. And not only heaven, but that I can have what I have right here, right now. How blessed to have this freedom that we have. I think about the price that he paid and the horrific scene it must have been. They attempted to portray that scene through 
motion picture in what is called the passion of the Christ and perhaps many of you have witnessed that and I've been told by those that have that it's very violent, that it's very brutal, that it's gruesome and that's exactly what that scene was. I suspect that they could not properly portray what all really had to happen to him that we might have what we have. I don't ever want to forget. I don't ever want to forget. When I walk through those doors and I feel what I feel here on a Sunday, I don't want to forget that that was not free. That that was very costly. The price that was paid that I might have this privilege. This privilege that unfortunately so many people are passing on. I don't know how you feel about it today, but if I'm going to purchase a vehicle and they give me the option of air conditioning, I'm going to take it. Any takers in the house? How many people are going to say, you know, I don't don't really think I need that. I'm going to pass on that. Then you haven't been outside this last week. And you haven't gotten in your car when I got in the car, even today, and it's dropped about 10 or 12 degrees, I got in the car today, and I was like, where is the air conditioning? This air conditioning, my wife's like, you just turned the car on. I wanted that AC, and I wanted it blow. I wanted that available option. That option was available. You know what I, I, I don't fully understand? I'm so, I've already bragged on all of you for being here. What I don't fully understand is the people that are in this community, the people that have been connected to First Church, and yet they have this opportunity, and they're passing on that opportunity. Why? Oh, well, we got this going on. We got that going on. I got to do this. I got to do that. I'm not, I'm not preaching against vacation. I think you ought to take them. But I am preaching on taking a vacation from God. I believe we need to be connected to Christ and understand the cost of freedom was not free, but it was a high price to pay. And we ought to access the opportunity to receive what we receive every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time that we can get together. We need to see the importance, young and old alike. We need to understand how important it is to access that opportunity. I've done it today in worship. Been so blessed. We're so fortunate and so blessed to have the worship that we have and to be able to feel the freedom that we have. And I trust that when you come and to our guests and to those that are visiting, I hope that when you come here, you feel the liberty because the Bible says that 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 the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I hope that you feel free and don't feel intimidated. And don't be surprised when people get exuberant in worship. I want you to know it could be almost like somebody hit a home run or scored a touchdown you got to watch out because we get just as excited about our freedom around here and we might get excited just like they get excited about their God's little G when they do things for them. I mentioned in Bible class today, I was leading the Bible class portion of our first service and was talking about the fact that I was watching a sporting event yesterday and an individual just simply walked out of the dugout and got a standing ovation for walking out of the dugout. I mean, that's not too hard. I probably could have done that. And then they cheered him and he, oh, came so close to helping us out, but still an out. I don't know if you know, but you're not going to win any games with zero runs, just so you know. I don't think the Cardinals are aware of that, Brother Casey, but you can't win games with no runs being scored. And Albert, oh, Albert Pujols, the God little G that so many serve in worship, who, by the way, just for those that don't know, he left us for a long time, folks. I'm not bitter, i got to forgive, but I'm trying hard to work through that. 
You see, what I'm saying is we celebrate him and we applaud him. We give him a standing ovation for what we hope that he will do. And then he disappoints. They're going to put him in the Hall of Fame because anybody that can hit three out of ten times is a Hall of Famer. Yay, let's give them a celebration because they're best at 30%. What about our Savior? I think that we need to understand that our Savior... I'm, I'm not against you applauding for Albert Pujols. I've done it plenty of times when he was a loyal Cardinal. But I am telling you today that there is someone that has never let me down. Not one time has he ever failed me. Not one time did he hit it to the track and it didn't go to the wall. Anytime I needed something from God, he was always there. When my family had problems, when my life was a mess, when I was addicted, when I was dealing with this, not one time has my Savior ever failed me. So I want to tell you something. I think there's somebody at First Church that but he deserved more, much more applause, much more worship than somebody that's going to let me down. I'm not opposed to you being a fan, but I think we ought to be a fan of Jesus and celebrate what he does every Sunday, Monday and every day that ends in why. Why do we praise him? He's worthy and he paid the price for my freedom. We're free today because he paid the price. It's sad to me as I consider the freedom trail that I walked in Boston and how there were many that were on that journey with me and there were people that were going by and they all had a different perspective of what each place meant and meant something different to each one of us for what had taken place that we might have it. I think that on this journey, on this freedom path that Christ has provided, that we must all understand we all came the same way. For all have sinned. Does anybody know what the wages of sin is death? According to the word of God, which is infallible, does not lie. The wages of sin is death. You are guaranteed death. Eternal torment in a place called hell is the punishment for sin. But a savior. A savior did what he did. That I might walk a path of freedom and inherit a place called heaven. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. We have a hope of heaven if we will walk freedom's path. Let me tell you a little bit about freedom's path. It's, in my opinion, explained in that same chapter. The eighth chapter and Christ is teaching and talking and In the middle of his teaching and talking, there is a disruption. Anybody ever seen or heard a disruption? For those of you that sit in the back, welcome to my world. All you back row bandits, welcome to my world. It's what I see every Sunday. I see everybody all the time. So I know, even if you're in the very back row, if you slip out and go to the bathroom, or if you stand up and trounce out, or you walk down the aisle, whatever, I see everything. Brother Littles, it's a wonderful scene to see. To those of you that are so privileged and blessed to sit on the front row, all you see is us up here. But there's a lot of activity going on all the time. All the time right now there's activity. There's people fanning. I completely, I'm with you right there. Anybody that's fanning, I'm feeling. Thank God for AC. I wish it was blowing even more. 
had to take my jacket off because it's a little, it's a tad bit toasty in here. But I, there's, there's a lot of activities that's going on throughout a Sunday service. And you see everything that's happening. And we, we witness all that's transpiring. And I, I, I just, I thought as I considered this, this disruption that, that took place that day. Lorenzo, it happened that while Christ is teaching, imagine I'm, I'm sitting here teaching and some people, presumably men, would struggle in pulling a woman and throw her down and say, ha, here she is. This woman was caught in adultery in the very act, I might say. Would wonder what do we have here? What's going on here? Christ is trying to teach love and hope and help, and in the middle of that, people come and present a person that has problems. I want to just give you a little bit of an insight. There's no one here in the building today that doesn't have problems. And if you have a problem with that, well, then there's your problem. We all have problems. We all have stuff. Look at your neighbor and say, I got stuff. Yeah, you do. You do. We all have stuff. We all have circumstance, situation. There's difficulty and dilemma. We're human. We are flesh and flesh. It's going to fail you. How many of you ever heard the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak? Anybody ever been on a fast and frosted Lucky Charms smelled magically delicious? Spirit's willing. Flesh, weak. It's flesh. It's weakness. And it's the sad truth of our existence is that our flesh is weak. This woman cast before our Christ as someone that was caught in adultery, in the very act. It wasn't like they were surmising that she was an adulterer. They knew for certain. I don't know how, I don't want to try to play that all out, but they, the Bible says caught her in the very act. She lay before Christ and you know what the law says? Moses and the law said, this is law. Moses and the law said, do you know what her punishment for being caught in the act of adultery was? They were to, one by one, stone her to death. <gasps> Did you say that, Pastor? Yeah, you see that in a PG movie. So don't be acting like you're all surprised about me preaching about what the Bible says happened. A woman's caught in the act of adultery, is cast before Christ in the midst of them all and is worthy by law of being stoned to death. Wasn't like, we're going to meet a judge and you're going to get a lawyer and we're going to try to figure out whether or not this is... No. The penalty was already prescribed. Death by stoning. So... Here's what I want to tell every single one of you today that I described as people with problems because if you're a person, you have problems. I want to tell you there is no one that I would rather stand in front of to face what I deserve than someone that is filled with amazing grace. Because grace is unmerited favor. Favor that you do not 
deserve. It's not something that you earn. It's not something that you work toward. It's something that is only given by a God that has love and is willing to forgive and will not condemn. That's powerful right there, church. I want somebody to hear me today and hear me with clarity that the freedom path is found in this. Love, forgiveness, and a lack of condemnation. Don't ever walk in here and say, I'm a part of First Church, but I don't love. I'm not asking you to love your family. You love your family. I'm asking you to love people that are unlovable. Oh, Pastor, you were doing so good. This was such a good message to this point and now. I'm not trying to condemn you, but don't misunderstand me. I do want conviction to take place. Because if we think that we can be the church and be Christ-like and not love and not be willing to forgive and not be willing to say, Neither do I condemn thee. Oh, I love how we love people to love ours when they need love, grace, forgiveness, and a lack of condemnation. But what are we to those that aren't worthy of it? Guess what? None of us are. Your kids, my kids, your spouse, my spouse, you, me. Not worthy. Not worthy. Nobody's here today. No one. Let me just make sure that we're clear on this. No one is here today because you are worthy of what God did for you. Every one of us are here today because He was a loving, forgiving, merciful, grace-filled God that said, I will not condemn, but I will love to the uttermost. And whosoever will, let him come. Let him come. Let him come. Now, if you're trying to figure out if I'm preaching good, just rest assured I am. You know how I know? Because it's in there. I used to have a Bible college professor. and I didn't really like to hear it as early in the morning as my class was, but he'd get to talking, and then he'd all of a sudden go, It's in there! What he was trying to say is, what I'm telling you, it's in the book. I got Bible to back it up. And when you get into the Word of God, you understand that the path of freedom is a path that's filled with love and mercy and grace and forgiveness and a willingness to not condemn. Now, Moses in the law says, we got a condemner. What do you say? And he didn't say anything. He knelt down and with his finger he wrote on the ground. And it was wonderful to watch. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall that day when beginning at the oldest, even unto the least, one by one, the ones that had... The biggest stone, man, they had, they didn't get a rock. They said, give me the biggest stone. She's going down and mine's going to be the one that takes her out. Who does she think she is having an affair life, being an adulteress? My God, we're going to stone her. And then whatever he wrote, it caused him to drop the rock. 
and get out as quickly. You know what I want to preach to us today? It's time to drop the rock. You want to see, I, I love the crowd. There's a great crowd. I'm not upset about the crowd today. I'm disappointed about people that aren't here. That's going to be every Sunday, in case you're wondering. Every Sunday, there's going to be somebody that should be and could be here that's not. And I'm going to be disappointed about it. I apologize for that up front. But here's what I want you to know. There's a great crowd here today. But there's a lot of people that aren't here. And here's what I want you to hear what I'm preaching today. When they come back, you better not have a rock in your hand. You better worship the one true living God. Christ, the solid rock I stand. I'm standing on the rock. I'm not holding a rock because there's people. People that need to come back. They're going to need love. They're going to need mercy. They're going to need grace. Just like you did. Just like I did. Look at your neighbor and say, drop the rock. I'm going to drop the rock. Well, I'm, I'm not dropping the rock. They deserve it. You know what they did? You know who they are? You know, the, let me give you the long list of infractions. Okay, now before you start condemning people, let's look in the sand. Let's look in the dirt. And let's see if we can find any of your dirt in the dirt. I got a feeling we're going to find some of your dirt in the dirt. You're going to find some of my dirt in the dirt. Because everybody's got dirt. Man. That's, that's tough preaching. Because Did you all hear me just say, I got dirt. We all have dirt. And if you don't have dirt, you come up here and get the biggest rock you can find and stone us all. You know what? I'm feeling pretty safe. Because every one of you have dirt. We all got dirt. So if you got dirt, you got to drop the rock. So that means I'm going to drop the rock. And then when he, without saying a word, convicts the entire congregation beginning at the eldest even into the least and one by one they leave he stands alone with he and the accused and he says this woman where are those thine accusers where's everybody that's ready to stone you and she says with great relief, she says, Sir, no man. Whew. My Lord, I think about what I've done and what I deserve. And to be standing in front of a Savior that I know took stripes upon his back and had a crown of thorns placed upon his head. He was hung with his arms spread wide and he died a gruesome, horrific death. And he has every right to destroy me and to pronounce death upon me because I deserve death. And he says... There's nobody here. And then the words, neither do I condemn thee. What? Now, let's, I'm sorry, but I I just have to pause for a moment. I have to make certain that we're understanding what I'm talking about. I, I want you to understand the love that it takes for someone to make a deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment Rejection and vengeance. Do you know what Christ could do to you and to me if he wanted to and he'd be warranted to do it? He could destroy us all because he suffered resentment 
rejection. But he made a deliberate choice in the matter of the woman that deserved death to say, neither do I condemn thee. What does... What does that mean? What is he saying when he says there's no, con- there's no condemnation? He is, he is saying that I could express public disapproval and sentence you to a punishment that you are worthy of. But I choose to rather offer love, mercy, grace, and forgiveness. The path of freedom. Freedom's trail is much shorter than two and a half miles today. Perhaps it's two and a half steps for some, 25 for others. Wherever you are, freedom's path is coming and presenting yourself to a Savior and saying, I know what I'm worthy of, but I'm asking you today to put in me the process of a path of freedom. A path of freedom that he paid the ultimate supreme sacrifice to possess. And because he possesses it, he can give it to whoever he desires. Are there people here that could condemn you with words of harsh words of what your past is? Is there anybody thankful, as I'm thankful, that you don't know all the dirt on me? No, you might want to know the dirt on me. I'm talking about, do you want me to know the dirt on you? Of course we don't. Everybody wants to know the dirt on everybody else. You know what I found? We hate our weaknesses in others. Ooh, man, that was powerful right there. Think about that. We got them, but when we see, that, when we see our weakness in somebody else, oh, what's wrong? They, they deserve, yeah, they deserve what you deserve. So what I'm trying to say today is there's nobody that gets to come down here, the perfect Pentecostal, and say, well, I'm going to go get some of that grace that I deserve. There's no such thing as grace that you deserve. Grace is unmerited favor, meaning that you cannot earn it. You do not deserve it. So who's the altar appeal for today? Well, it's for me. I'll just go on record and tell you I'm the first one. I want to be the first one in line to say, I love to be in front of a guy, a God, that says, where are those thine accusers? No man, Lord. I'm thankful today that I'm standing up here and nobody like you can throw a stone at me because you got dirt. You say, Pastor, you keep saying that we got dirt. I know, I want you to get it. I want you to understand it. I want you, before we become so caught up in our Pentecostal ways and we think that somehow that we are worthy of what we get every Sunday. Here's what I, here's what my feeling is. There are some people that don't realize how precious this commodity is and that's why there's not a packed house. Sister McMillan, when I saw that today, those, those people that were, they were going crazy. You would have thought they would have been given a million dollars. I wonder, I'm not asking today, but I wonder how many of you were given a choice. You can have a million dollars or you can never have your Bible again. How many today would say, give me my Bible? I'm preaching to you today that we must become passionate about winning the lost and that we will never win the lost if we are condemning, judgmental, and unforgiving. You don't reach lost people when you are condemning, judgmental. You can't do it! Christ had every right. He could have. Sister Sheila, he had the right to pick up the rock. Because he was the spotless, blemishless lamb. But he said, 
neither do I condemn thee. Go, now hear what I'm saying. Go and sin no more. The path of freedom requires you not abusing grace, love, forgiveness. But following a path that his promise has provided. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You don't just get it and say, I got it. I'm going to go do what I do. No, that ain't how it works. She did not leave. She did not leave and go back to the same activity from which she came. But rather, she did what he said and received what he had. He gives us grace, not so that we go back and continue the same infraction. Therefore, there's repentance. I don't believe that the woman was like, ha, I don't think she called her friend on the way home. Oh, you're never going to believe I got by with adultery. She didn't do that. No way a thousand times no. Because there's no one that stands there knowing that they were at the point of death and there was a Savior that saved their life that said, I'm going to go back and try it again. No, what they said is, I don't ever want to go back to what I used to be. I want to be what He wants me to be because His love. Stand with me, please. Here's where we are today. We're in a congregation filled with people that were like the woman. You say everybody here is having an affair? No, a thousand times no. Please hear what I'm saying. Everyone here, everyone here, if we were to be able to see what he pinned in the dirt, would have found our sin there because all have sinned. Perhaps you're guilty today and you've committed that infraction within the last 24 hours. Maybe right before you came to church could have happened while you were at church sin sin is a selfish master that all of us serve until we stand before a savior and say if the son therefore shall make me free I'm free indeed my prayer is today that every person in this place will walk freedom's path and freedom's path is a place that there is no condemnation there is no selfish holding on to indiscretion difficulty, hurt, pain it's forgiveness and certainly a love like this love that says I did what I did that you might have what I have Christ is the answer to our emptiness the solution to our situation and certainly salvation I thank God that he didn't give me what I deserve but he loved me he did not condemn me and he showed me amazing grace heads bowed eyes closed it's time for a time of personal contemplation and reflection about where you are Perhaps you're here today and you're struggling with the situation. You're dealing with the difficulty. And here's what I want you to understand. Everybody is. So if you're feeling isolated because I've called you on that, please understand that 
I'm dealing with things, you're dealing with things, we're all dealing with things. It's whether we have the courage and the confidence to come to a Christ that will not condemn us, will not stone us, but will save us by His grace. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It's a gift to God. The gift of God is available today. So if you want that gift, the gift of God, I ask that you would step out from where you are, come to the front of this building. And if you have the courage, simply lift your hands and your voice and tell Him, I submit myself, Savior, to you. Savior to you. I know what you can do to me, but here's what I ask that you would do to me, that you would not condemn me and that you would forgive me, God, and that you, through forgiving me that you would love me and let me be led to salvation through you. There is hope for you today, friend. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. There's hope in the house for you today because we see that there is a Savior that has a path of freedom that is available to all. Whosoever will, let Him come. Let Him come. If you want freedom today, if you want freedom today, I invite you. I invite you to this altar where you can find it. I need your grace. There's freedom available to everyone that will. I need your Does anybody need Jesus today? Does anybody need Jesus today? You don't have the courage to come. How about right where you are? You don't have the courage to come. How how about right where you are? Just close your eyes, lift your hands. Tell him, God, I need you today. I need you today. I need you today. I need you today. Everybody does. Do you have the courage to say, I need your mercy? Do you have the courage to say, I need your mercy? I need your I need your mercy. I need your grace. We all do. Can you say, I need your mercy? Somebody drop the rock. I need your Somebody drop the rock. I gotta have your help today, Lord. I need your I need your hand. I need your hand. You need it today. There's a path of freedom. It's the path of 